There's been a shameless effort to undermine public confidence in our voting system. Today, I talked to another in-the-trenches Wisconsin election official, Diane Conan, city clerk for Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, and the immediate past president of the Wisconsin Municipal Clerks Association. Here's what she had to say about those who try to cast doubt on the integrity of Wisconsin's election system. To make it sound like there are security issues that are running rampant through the state, it's an unfair statement and it's unfair to the professional clerks out there because we process elections at the local level and we process it based on law, based on guidance from the Wisconsin Elections Commission. It's always with integrity. We do everything we can to ensure the safety and the integrity of those ballots and that and the process. We want to make sure that every person who wants to vote gets the opportunity to do that and their vote is counted and we will go the extra mile. They take an oath to be a poll worker. We take an oath. So it's, it's disheartening, to be honest. It's very disheartening. When people make it sound like, and whoever that may be, that there are a lot of problems in the election process, that's actually hurtful to the local professional clerk because of how much thought and effort we put into the whole process from start to finish. I'm Kate Rice with Monroe County Matters. Two weeks ago, I talked to Joanne Cram, city clerk for Tomo, Wisconsin. And now on the weekend before the election, Here's Diane Conan, city clerk for Oconomowoc, which is in Waukesha County, one of the wow counties that ring the city of Milwaukee. They've gotten a lot of coverage lately. If you want to find out more, Google them. She and I talked two weeks ago, just as early voting was about to start in Wisconsin. As the immediate past president of the Wisconsin Municipal Clerks Association, she has an excellent view of the level of professionalism among city, village, and town clerks in the state of Wisconsin. My presidential term just ended in August of this year, and so now I am still on the board of directors, but I am the past president. I'd say you've got a pretty good bird's eye view of the task of city clerks in elections in the state of Wisconsin. And so I thought I would have you wear that hat in this interview and just talk about election security in the state of Wisconsin. Joanne Cram in Toma gave me a great on the ground in, in the trenches description of how things work. And I thought I could just build on that by having you talk about what you see after being the president of the Association of City Clerks for the entire state. Is there a difference between what a city clerk in a town of 10,000 does versus a city clerk for the city of Milwaukee or, or Madison or one of the state's larger cities? Overall, all clerks throughout the state of Wisconsin, whether you're in a town, village, or city, have state statutes that we must abide by. We also have a local code. So those codes can vary from community to community based on what their elected officials enact. If there's a statute on something, you cannot be less restrictive than the statute but locally you could put more restrictions on a particular item. Also, a town has some different statutes that they have to abide by versus a village or a city. And there's also classes of cities, depending on your size, 
something as large as Milwaukee and Madison, they may have special legislation for different issues due to the, their size and the enormity, the square mileage and the development that happens in those larger communities. So it's not all apples to apples. That's very interesting that the state sets the minimum standard. So whatever differences there are throughout the state, those differences are going to be of increased intensity, it sounds like. They, the um, local authority can add conditions to a statute to, you know, like they could limit, they could change, say, a liquor license. They could change the time that a gas station can sell. Mm-hmm. Again, we cannot be less restrictive, but we can be more. And that would go for elections as well. So there's a basic election security that every city clerk has to meet, or that every yes. city has to, has to meet. Well, that's reassuring. So pretty much everybody would do this. So as far as election, there's three ways to vote this year in Wisconsin. You can vote in person on election day. You can do a mail-in absentee, or you can do what I'm calling, and I just want to make sure I'm describing this correctly, for its early in-person absentee. Is that the right way to define it? (laughs) Everybody refers to it as early, but it is truly just absentee voting. It's just that you're doing it in person in the clerk's office versus through the mail. Right. I'm talking to to a lot of people who are doing that because they they're a little wary of the mails now, just because of all of the coverage that there's been of efforts to cast doubt on the security of absentee voting. Why don't you talk a little bit more about how the in-person absentee voting works? (laughs) The in-person absentee voting process is set the days and the hours basically by statute. So if your community or your municipality is open from say 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., typically the clerk would be offering that in-person absentee voting during the, those open hours. Sometimes though, they have to limit that a little bit, make a few changes. Some add evening hours, some add weekends. So again, we can expand on that statute a little bit, but we can't be less than. And so in-person is the two weeks before Uh, two weeks, when I say two weeks, it's 14 days before election day. So this year it will start on a Tuesday, October 20th for the November 3rd election. That's 14 days prior. And then voters can come down to your, your municipality, village, city, town hall, and they can request an absentee ballot. So they need to make that request, show photo ID, We have to go into the statewide voter system to make sure that you are, the person is a registered voter and that they then are eligible to receive that ballot. Then we provide them with the ballot and a certificate envelope to put that ballot inside. They vote their ballot. They put it in the envelope. They seal it shut. Then they have to sign that envelope because that is their certification that they filled out the ballot. They've requested that ballot. And then they put it after they've signed it and they give it to a witness. And so if you're voting at City Hall, we're going to witness that envelope. So we have to put our name and address as the witness. And then that 
envelope that contains the voter's ballot is put in a vault and it is held there until election day when it is brought to the polls to be opened and processed and the ballot fit into the machine. Cool. And then with the mail-in absentee, how does that work typically? So we receive a request from a voter for an absentee ballot. It can be through the My Vote system, the uh, website. It can be, they can come into the office and fill out a request. And then we would, we would not give them the ballot. We would mail it to them. Mm-hmm. They can also, like in my instance, they can download the forms from our city website. They can mail it in to us or email it in. They oh. have to show proof of uh, photo ID with that request. So however we receive it, if they're standing in front of me in person, they show it to me. But if they're emailing it, they have to provide a copy in, that, mm-hmm. in their email. And then we go into the statewide voter system and we mark them as requesting an absentee ballot that they have shown us photo ID and that we are mailing them a ballot. And then we have to then physically mail them a ballot. So we put a ballot and a certificate envelope inside an outer envelope. It also includes, in my instance, we put in some instructions to make sure they fill out that certificate envelope completely so it's accepted and not rejected. And then we mail it through our postal service office. You know, we put it in the mail. And then once they receive it, then when they're ready, they vote the ballot. They put it in that certificate envelope. They have to sign that envelope and they have to have a witness also sign and put their address and then they can mail it back to us. Or we have a Dropbox. Many communities do, some do not. They can bring it right to City Hall, in my instance, and put it in a Dropbox. Or they can walk it right into City Hall and hand it to us directly, the clerk's department. And that's, that option is available to all Um, voters in all of the municipalities in the state, you know, they can walk it right into their clerk's office. They can also, and we have people asking us if they can do this, they want to walk it into the poll on election day. And they can do that. Okay, love it. And then when you get it, whether the Mm -hmm. U.S. Post Office delivers it or it's delivered by hand, then what do you do with it? So when we get the ballot back, the the certificate envelope with the ballot inside, we have a process. We have to go back into the statewide voter system. We have to receipt it as being received. And then we put it in the vault. We alphabetize as we get them. We put them in alphabetical order because those ballots, when they're processed on election day, must be given a number, a voter number. So it's easier to go through the poll book with that lists all your registered voters alphabetically than Mm -hmm. flipping back and forth, you know, page by page from like B to M to Z back to L, you know. So, and, and again, those ballots are kept secured until election day and then they're brought to the polls for processing and opening and inserting. And then election day, people come in and they vote right there. And then, excuse me, they just insert their ballot into the ballot machine? Or- yeah, on election day when they come to the polls, they have to go to what I call the poll book station. So they have to check in. Mm-hmm. They have to state their name and address. The workers find them in the poll book. They look at their photo ID. They have to provide that. 
then they issue them a voter number and the voter signs the poll book. Then that voter takes that number over to what I call the ballot station. And then two workers in exchange for that voter number, they initial a ballot. They each have to initial it and they hand that ballot to the voter. And then that voter goes into their the voting booth, votes the ballot, and then takes it to the machine and inserts it. Okay. And then you already said this, but I just want to emphasize it. The count doesn't start until election day on anything. Correct. So we keep track of how many ballots we receive back in the mail. So for instance, if we receive back 6,325 ballots in the mail, we make sure that our poll workers process those. Or if they cannot process one because it is missing signatures that we account for that because it would be considered rejected. And we have to keep track of how many are rejected as well. So every, all of that will add up to be the number it is supposed to be. Okay. So you've got a lot of cross checks. It's pretty hard to slip something in there. Correct. What are you seeing both in Oconomowoc and what do you hear from your colleagues across the across the state about requests for absentee ballots? Do they seem to be up substantially? Well, yes, they're, this year they're up substantially. It, back in April, when the COVID pandemic started, people w- were wanting to vote for the April election. So I should say back in March, right, when all this started. <laughs> right. but they would, so they, they requested an absentee ballot. Some individuals did not... They only requested it for April. Others requested it for the entire year. Mm -hmm. Others requested it for just say April and November. Some requested it just for April and August. So we had such a variety. Also, you had to provide a photo ID when you requested it through the MyVote system. So you had to upload that photo ID. Some individuals did not have the means to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So then some, you know, we got some people had to mail us a copy or come to our office to show it to us. And others, we, we had such an upswing in permanent absentee voters. And what I mean by that is they mark a box that says that they're indefinitely confined due to age, disability, those types of things. Uh And so that means that they will receive an absentee ballot for every election from that point forward. And when you mark that, you do not have to provide a photo ID. So we went from having approximately 400 permanent absentee voters in the city to over 2,500. Wow. But we now know what, and what we're seeing is, as well as everybody else is seeing, a voter is now automatically receiving a ballot for the November election and the August as well. And they're contacting us and saying, I never requested this ballot. They did. Yes. And so they didn't understand what they were requesting or, or the boxes that they were checking. And so they're saying, well, I don't, I don't want the ballot now. Take me off that list. We have to then take them off the list. But now that COVID is ramping up again, we are finding that some of those same people are contacting us back saying, I want the absentee ballot again. So it creates a lot of work because it's kind of like, you know, you've done the work once, then you undid the work. Now you're doing the work again. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then we're seeing that. We're also seeing that a lot of people 
do not want to mail their absentee ballot back to us. They want to bring it in themselves or put it in a drop box or take it to the poll on election day. And in August, what we found is there were quite a few individuals who didn't understand why they got the ballot mailed to them. So they brought it to the poll and said, I don't want to vote absentee, I want to vote here. So they're walking their ballot in, in okay. that envelope, and then they're voting it at the poll and putting mm -hmm. it into the machine. That's very interesting. So it, it does appear as though there's been a certain impact of all of the discussions about mailing votes in, and you're, you're definitely seeing that with people walking it in instead. We are. We typically, you know, in a big election, you know, a presidential year, a governor year, those are our biggest elections. Mm -hmm. We do get a lot of questions from voters, especially voters who are new to the area or first-time voters. We, so we get a lot of questions. But this year, the amount of phone calls and emails and people coming in asking so many different questions about elections, wanting to know all their options, I don't know how to describe it, and I know it's throughout the state. It is just the increase in that workload alone is more mm -hmm. than the office staff can handle. And do you think that's because there's been these efforts on a national level to just cast doubt on the security of the election system? Do you think that's why? What, or what do you think is behind that surge, that, that like huge, huge increase? I can't imagine how big it must well, be. there's a variety of reasons. So when in April, it was the media had put out stories about how some ballots didn't get delivered to voters, some weren't returned to the municipality. So that cast doubt on a voter because was their ballot one of the ballots in the process. So that's unsettling for a voter. And then that leads to some mistrust. Like, how do I know for sure? We get a lot of that. How do I know for sure you're going to count my ballot? We explain to them that on election day, I mean, we can, they can track their ballot on the MyVote site and they can see where it is in the process. But as far as it being counted, it can take up to a month for us to receipt it as being counted after the election, because you have to go through the poll book and individually key in or scan each voter that voted. And what I mean by that is they have a voter number mm -hmm. attached to their line, to their name. Yes. And you have to scan those in. And then you have to balance that based on the number of voters that voted that day. Mm -hmm. And so that takes a lot of time because you're also doing other work other closeout election work, filing, you know, answering questions, and then you have your normal workload. So it does take time to get that done. So the voter, if they don't, when they go into my vote, say within days after the election, and they don't see that their vote counted, they get suspicious. There's a lot of um, information out there that things aren't maybe being handled appropriately or you know ballots aren't being received or people aren't counting here's one of the um, interesting questions that we do get a lot and it surprises me people say when they come into the office and vote absentee they'll say to us so now you're not going to count this ballot are you only if the election is close <gasps> and <gasps> we, it shocks us but i 
you would be amazed at how many people think that because they're voting before election day, their ballot won't get counted unless when you total the results, it's close, then we'll start opening them and, and counting them. And of course, we explain every time that every ballot gets counted on election day. Wow. I asked Joanne this same question too. So what do you think about when people try to cast doubt on the security and validity of elections in the state of Wisconsin? It's, there are some isolated instances, I think, over the years where, you know, like I said, like in this April election, some ballots didn't get delivered. But I think to cast, to make it sound like that there are security issues that are running rampant through the state, it's an unfair statement and it's unfair to the professional clerks out there because we process elections at the local level and we process it based on law, based on guidance from the Wisconsin Elections Commission, based on obviously the workload, you know, meaning we all do the same thing. We may do it in a little bit different sequence or something with our office steps, but it's always with integrity, transparency. We do not mind if there's observers you know, we give training to our poll workers all the time. We're constantly training. We, they take an oath to be a poll worker. We take an oath. We, we love our job and we want to make sure that every person who wants to vote ha- gets the opportunity to do that and their vote is counted. And we will go the extra mile. And what I mean by that is if we get a ballot back, an absentee ballot through the mail and the voter forgot to get their witness to sign and put their address down, we'll make every single effort to call that voter, send them a letter, email them to get them to try and get that corrected so that ballot can be counted on election day. And that in itself is going above and beyond. There are no laws that say we have to do that. So when people make it sound like, and whoever that may be, that there are a lot of problems in the election process, that's actually hurtful to the local professional clerk because of how much thought and effort we put into the whole process from start to finish and that we do everything we can to ensure the safety and the integrity of those ballots and, that, and the process. So it's, it's disheartening, to be honest. It's very disheartening. The thing is, you're professional, you're people of integrity, and I have been seeing an upswing of tributes to city clerks, not only here in Wisconsin, but just with friends in other states as well. So I think there might be a little happy backlash going on in that direction. Now, is there anything that you wanted to say that I haven't asked you about that you think would be good for people to know about this election or elections in general? The message I always like to give out, again, is that the clerk who is running the elections at the local level is a professional. We are trained. We are certified. We, like I said, we've taken an oath. And we are, not only is it our job, but we truly want to get it right and make sure that the voter is not just disenfranchised. I think we have a lot of special interest groups out there who send in mailer or who actually, excuse me, mail 
literature, if you will, to registered voters. The voters all, a lot of times, think those mailers come from the municipal clerk. We do not send mailers out. We do not solicit. We don't do any of that. We are neutral. Mm -hmm. We are nonpartisan. And so the mailers sometimes have misinformation in them, and then it confuses the voter. And, and we, because of that, we have to go the extra mile and do extra effort in order to answer their questions and spend the time calming fears that, uh-oh, my ballot's not going to be counted or you're not going to receive it. And, you know, everyone's human. This is a very manual process. And so mistakes can be made, but the percentage of mistakes, I believe, overall in the entire state is so minimal. Results to me are valid. Unless somebody proves to me otherwise, the voting process in the state of Wisconsin, the voter can have every confidence that the results are solid. Yeah, I think that's right. And oh, actually, I did have one follow-up question. We were talking about how you are double-checking the vote up to a month after the election. But when do you deliver the voting results? So typically, the night of the election, after every ballot and every voter, when I say ballot, every absentee ballot and every voter has cast their ballot, you close out, you total a machine. And the, those are the totals that then get, depending on what kind of equipment you have, uploaded via modem or some other means to the county clerk. So okay. I'm in Waukesha County, so mine go to the Waukesha County clerk. That clerk then uploads those results into the state system and on their website. So as results come in, their, their website keeps uploading the, the totals. Because mm-hmm. obviously okay. it's the total by county. Yeah, it's going to be nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. But it means that you're in a pretty exciting office. <laughs> I would, I would it, is. it is. How, so how long? Because we love our jobs. And the amount of stress and pressure in these bigger elections, people really if they don't know the process from start to finish, they, they really don't know what we deal with. I have an intern, I've had a couple of them that, that help us with tasks, different tasks. And they are just pretty much in awe. They cannot believe all the things we have to do for elections. They just can't believe that it's such a huge process because to the voter and most people, you walk in the poll, you check in, yeah. you get a number, you get a ballot, you vote it, you're on your way. It's a pretty smooth process. And that to them is the process. It is so much more. I did look to see when your annual conference is because I was figuring the next one, you guys are probably going to plan a pretty big cocktail party. Well, our Wisconsin Municipal Clerks Association, we celebrated our 40th anniversary in August of this year. We had a nice big 40th anniversary celebration planned, and we didn't get to have that. So we are looking at still incorporating that, even though we'll be into our 41st year next year, still incorporating that because it, it's a testament to the association that we have been able to provide education and resources to the clerks in the state of Wisconsin, their deputy clerks, their assistants, you know, everyone in the clerk world, if you will. And for all these years, 
We've had, you know, 40 years of different leadership and we're still the premier source of education for them and the go-to that they look to, you know, what we provide. And that's something we can be proud of. And so I can't wait to celebrate that. I want to thank you first for being a city clerk because you really serve the people and that's, that's such a high calling. And so I want to thank you for that. And then you've gone the extra mile to be president of the Wisconsin Municipal Clerks Association. So you've been really working to make sure that not only people in Oconomowoc, but in the state at large are served by the best clerks that you can help get out there. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. I will tell you, it was not the year I envisioned. <laughs> I, know, I, can't, I can't imagine. I did tell Joanne, I think there should be a movie, City Clerk. I agree. <laughs> it, it, would... it wasn't what I envisioned, but truthfully, all in all, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, I dealt with different things on different levels. I talked to many legislators and I don't know if we would have had the pandemic if I would have had those same touches with all the different people and organizations that I had with. So I gained a wealth of knowledge through some of those touches. And I just, I think I was fortunate to have this year as my presidency to be, I'm being very honest. Wow, good for you. Well, Diane, I'm going to let you get back to work. And thank you. Just thanks again for taking the time for this interview, as well as everything else that you've done as a, as a public servant. Wow. Diane is someone who takes pride in being a public servant. What a gift to have so many people like her, Joanne Cram, and all of their colleagues throughout the state of Wisconsin running our elections. Unsung heroes guardians of our democracy. This has been another by the Seat of My Pants production. Theme music by Peter Danilowicz.